Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknet. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, Beast Slayers. It is time for another Ask Dr. D segment. This is where we pull out a question from a prior clinic chat to answer here on the podcast. And Jenny, what is the question for today? Okay, the question says, I was wondering about the definition of headache in the phases chart. I get migraines as well as what seem to be more mild tension headaches, though they are usually only on one side, so maybe these are still considered migraines? Okay, so first of all, she's uh, talking about the phases, for those who might be unfamiliar with that. Um, that is the phases that we created on the timeline of migraine freedom. So one of the things, uh, and this is in a prior podcast too, but one of the things that became clear uh, when people started implementing the Migraine Miracle Program is that there was a, there was a progression that almost everybody seemed to, to follow uh, through kind of like the developmental stages of childhood where, you know, there was a, a stepwise um, uh, progression in terms of their improvement from wherever they were to to Migrant Everland and divided those into the four phases. And so there's a questionnaire that we've created and you can you can uh, get that, find that over at mymigrantmiracle.com forward slash phases, phases if you want to take that and it tells you where you are on the timeline. So anyways, her question relates to answering uh, those questions in terms of like what, you know, what headache, what, what type of headache counts as a migraine, right? And this is um, a great question because there's so much confusion about this issue. Uh, a lot of it um, that stems from the fact that all of these, a lot of these various headaches types, some of which are used in medical clinics, some of which have just been created by sort of the lay public, um, aren't really based on any kind of objective standard, but rather in kind of nebulous and often very subjective criteria. Some are defined better than others, but we have, we've ended up with this kind of hodgepodge of terminology that isn't used very consistently. And I think most of the time, these various labels uh, confuse more than they clarify. So I, I always advocate for using a much simpler approach. And I'll tell you kind of the simpler approach that I use. It's much more practically valuable than all of the various different labels um, that we've created over the years. So the first and, in my opinion, most important question that we consider when we're, think when we're addressing any headache or thinking about any headache is whether it's the result of some kind of injury or insult inside the cranium or inside the skull, which has then activated the part of the brain that results in the sensation of head pain, or whether it is, res is the result of the pain centers in the brain being turned on without any kind of injury to the, to the cranium. So the first category, which is head pain that comes from an injury or insult to the head, is the brain's pain sensing system working like it's supposed to. So genes just like pain anywhere else is supposed to tell you that something has gone wrong inside your body, in this case inside your head, that you need to know about, whether it's bleeding or an infection or inflammation or swelling or a knife or whatever, <laughs> um, so that you can do something about it, right? That's the whole reason we have pain. And then the, the second category, 
is head pain in the absence of any injury or insult. And this is essentially the brain's pain sensing machinery malfunctioning. And these are what we call primary headache disorders. The others we would call secondary headache disorders because there's pain that's secondary to something else. In this case, the pain itself is primary. And primary headache disorders in this day and age uh, represent the vast majority of the headaches that people have, uh, which probably wasn't at all true uh, for our hunting and gathering ancestors. These were probably uh, very uh, uncommon, and almost all of their headaches were secondary headaches from actual uh, trauma or other type of injury. In fact, the very fact that the majority of modern human head pain is from a malfunction in our pain system is one of the telltale signs that we're exposing our brain to an environment that it wasn't designed for. So in this category of primary headaches are migraines, of course, and then other things like cluster headaches. And we, and we might throw tension headaches uh, and a few less common variations on that. But you could make a very good argument that we'd be better off just referring to all of these as primary headaches. And that, I think, is certainly true of tension headaches. So at one point in time, this whole label of tension headache was created because it was thought that those headaches were caused by excessive muscle tension in the neck and shoulders. Um, however, there actually isn't any evidence to support that idea, and there's evidence to refute it. So if you actually stick a needle EMG to record muscle activity in the neck and shoulders of someone who's experiencing a, te uh, a tension headache, you're not going to find activity there. Um, but this terminology, tension headache, still remains. And so many people have this association with tension, with tension headache, meaning it's muscle tension, which also gives, it, gives the impression that it's maybe a secondary condition, right? It's secondary to muscle tension, when it's much better thought of as a primary headache disorder being generated by the brain sensing structures. What we call migraine is really as we've talked about before, a group of related physiological changes in the brain that tend to occur together. So it's a multi-headed beast. So you have the prodrome, the various kinds of auras, all different kinds of pain, and the pain can vary in its location, in its character. Then you have things like nausea, light and sound sensitivity. So all of these different symptoms that can be experienced and can cause, essentially, you know, every, every migraine is unique, right? Because it's, there's so many different um, variables that are combining together in any individual expression of a migraine. Um, and these all arise from different parts of the brain being uh, activated um, during the migraine. So in a full-blown classic uh, migraine with every symptom, kind of all of these different parts are turned on in this whole process. But we know that in many instances of migraines, some parts can get turned on um, without others. And so that this leads to, again, migraine coming in many, many different forms. And in my view... The majority of what is labeled as tension headaches are just one of the many different heads of migraine, um, one of many types of the character of head pain that can be activated as part of the migraine process. And so as a general rule, with rare exception, any type of head pain that occurs in someone known to have migraines that's not caused by injury or insult in the cranium should be considered migraine right um, for practical purposes there's no real reason to label it as something else it doesn't um the the it, it ends up the problem with labeling it as different things is people end up chasing 
the wrong thing, thinking that, so for the example of tension, thinking that the solution is somehow to reduce muscle tension, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than it's all coming from this same underlying root cause and regardless of how it's expressed, again, we have limitless numbers of ways it can be expressed. If we choose a different label for all of that, it gives the illusion that we need a different treatment for all of those things. And this is one of the fundamental problems with how people think about migraines and how they're taken care of um, both, you know, in the, amongst the lay public, but also even in, in the clinics. Um, if you understand that it's all emanating from the same root cause and then it's just whatever pathway it goes down happens to be the, the way it's experienced by a person, you realize that it's ultimately about addressing that root cause. And that's, you know, that's what people in the program see. Everybody, in our, you know, who comes in, they have their own unique story, right? Their own unique ways in which their migraines present, whether it's, whether it's labeled as a vestibular migraine, whether it's labeled as hormonal migraines, whether it's mm-hmm. barometric pressure migraines, what it, you know, all of these different labels, right. they're all fundamentally coming from the same underlying physiology. And these labels are unhelpful in terms of, because they steer people down the wrong path. So they're, you know, maybe useful from an academic standpoint, just if you want to classify things, but um, they're not practically um, useful in my opinion. And one um, of the things that you've always said that resonated with me is that once that migraine switch is flipped, no matter what flipped that switch, what the initial trigger was, mm-hmm. then it's the same, you know, way to, to approach it. Right. That's right. It's right. It ultimately, we're, ultimately, we're trying to figure out how to keep the switch from being flipped on. Right. But once it's flipped, it may look very different from one person to the next. And the last thing to add is that another thing that's often misdiagnosed as tension is rebound headache. Um, so, you know, we, I think that there's, there's good evidence that rebound headaches are rooted in kind of a low grade inflammation in the meninges or the tissues that cover the brain. And that tends to result at least one of the pain types is this kind of more diffuse skull pain that happens. And, and I, I see that off very often, um, people referring to that as their tension headaches. And that's one of the telltale signs of, um, rebound, when those are occurring on a regular basis and again it oftentimes leads to this search for you know whatever it's massage or chiropractic or you know some muscle relaxers you know more medications you know it just leads to this i this label of tension on that is just you know it's thought to indicate what the root cause is so it leads people down paths that are either unproductive or off or even um, counterproductive so I had a, a point of clarification mm-hmm. question here for you that is a common question inside Migrant Overland. People will say, okay, you know, six months ago I had a concussion or some kind of head trauma. Mm-hmm. So now how do they distinguish that from the initial trauma versus a primary headache? Right. So good question. That's a big can of worms. Yeah. But that's a, that's a, that's a common issue for any uh, person who deals with people with headaches and I've taken care of a lot of folks with this and so based on that experience I would say that the vast majority of folks who are still having any type of pain at that point in time um, after an injury it's almost always secondary and meaning it's no longer from the initial injury it's from some other some other thing that has happened because of it sort of that was the initial event Mm -hmm. um 
there's that reminds me of that book what got you what got you here won't get you there or whatever but it's like the thing that start people often look to address the thing that started it and you got to look at what's causing it right now so mm -hmm. there's a tendency to think it was the trauma maybe that that was the lead domino but you're way down the chain now and there's right. other you know it so that that trauma has no longer become the the thing to address um by and large when i see that it's almost always rebound right um, so gotcha. And you think about too, um, think about any type of injury, right? You sprain an ankle, you, you know, even break a bone, right? What's the typical time course? You know, usually two, two, two to six weeks, eight weeks maybe for a really severe injury. If you're going longer than that, you're not, you're no longer dealing with tissue trauma, right? That's all resolved. Like the, the initial injury has long healed, recovered. And so if you're, you know, if things are, if you're still having pain that far out, like I said, it's almost always rebound because, you know, this is not something that almost, that most providers, certainly anybody outside the field of neurology is aware of. So people just get shoved with a bunch of pain medications right. and then that starts the cycle. And then there's this thought that, oh, this, you know, that I've had this trauma, it's going to just be with me and I have to deal with it when people don't realize the reality that it's, that it's actually the, the medications that are continuing. So, you know, I've been able to help tons of people over the years with this simply by saying going, look hey this is actually from the medications we mm -hmm. can stop this and and in almost all cases it, it works um so uh that's what i'd uh, say about trauma it's, it's it's you know if it's that far beyond then it's time to start looking for other things right and it can even be you know it can even be someone starts having migraines that can be the you know that can be a trigger right and um that and it may lead, lead to other things you know head trauma then you start not sleeping as well right um, you know mm -hmm. may change your other routines whatever but you may have your first migraine and now you're dealing with migraines but it's still you're still like we've talked about before then it becomes what are the root causes that we know about migraines it's no longer we're not you know it's, it's it's the trauma is done it's in the past we have to deal with what we're what we're what we've got in front of us which is now just a case uh, a case of migraine just so happened that that was the path that led led to it right but you're still dealing with the same fundamental issue right so again it's so common to get led astray by these labels that we put on things um that's another there's another case of that so um a complex topic but that's hopefully right. that's helpful for folks and um if we can at, at, at the minimum um, get some clarity and maybe even eliminate the term tension headache from people's vocabulary right uh -huh. <laughs> that would be a victory in my book so that was from chatter issue number 10 for okay. our members who want to go into the archives and read more on that topic and then do you want to read yeah. the other topics discussed in that chat yeah i've got it in front of me so one is uh the relation between inflammation the re relationship between inflammation and rebound headaches what medications can cause rebound headaches besides triptans and the headache relief medications everyone should avoid some big topics some big topics right kind of on a theme all right so that is issue number you said 10 I believe it was 10. For, so members can find that in the archive and um if you uh, want to uh have access to that entire archive of how many issues i don't know 150 or something yeah something like that or a lot um, along with all of the other resources inside of Minor Neverland. We'd love to have you as part of the community. Just go to mymigrantmiracle.com forward slash join. And that is it for this episode. So now it's time to go out and slay the beast. Mm -hmm.